This is the Blended Creole Podcast, where we discuss two lives, Southern and Haitian roots. Join us as we talk about family, investing, and seeing the world. While learning about how we tackled blending our lives, from our finances and redefining our relationship with debt, to our Insta family. Welcome to the Blended Creole Podcast. I'm Jay. And I'm Liz. Welcome to the Blended Creole Podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Jay. And this is season two, and this is our first episode of our new season in 2022. And we thought we'd kick this off and talk about the evolution of our debt-free journey. So if you had tuned in to some of our episodes during uh, the first season last year, we talked about, you know, how we went on a debt-free journey, where we're currently at with that journey, and our goals. And essentially, I think today is a great starting point with the new year to kind of talk about how this debt-free journey has evolved. Um, So today, we're really just going to talk about where we're at today, what are our plans, um, where we started, really briefly where we started, because we went into a pretty in-depth episode about how much debt we started off with, what made us go on a debt-free journey and things we wish we would have considered uh, when starting this debt-free journey. Um, So, Jay. What's up? What's going on? Where are we at today with debt? Still in it. Clearly. Still in debt. No. um. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a... Jay is learning to live with it. uh, It's been been an up and down. Um, but still continuous journey with our debt. Um, we do we actually been doing pretty good though. Um, I think we finally found a groove. Why are you making this? You I'm doing be a dancing. happy dance because be I should be dancing because you know I'll get into later why I should be dancing. Oh gosh, here you go. Always, always roses and, and always trying to find a rainbow and all that. What's that saying? <laughs> a rain corn. I don't know. <laughs> rain corn. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> a rainbow and so, what? Um, a silver lining. Silver lining. There you go. Because there the are. There's tons of silver linings out mm. there. But no, we uh, like I said, we've been making a good, uh, steady strides towards our debt, and um, you know, we have eliminated quite a quite a bit, and but we are still in some, um, some debt. But I think we the the main thing is that we we learned how to, um, leverage our debt now and um. The debt that we do have is not necessarily smart debt. It's, it's debt that we're getting rid of, and we're just doing it in a in a in a smarter way. And I don't even think it's necessarily a smarter way. I think it's a way that we're doing it now that we're together. Um, you would, I mean, now we did. We've combined everything. You were doing it one way. I was doing it. We're doing it one way. Um, we came together. That we just had to figure out the best way to do it. And I think it took what is it a year and a half now that we've to find our to think, footing to find our footing financial to, footing. Yeah, to find our footing and and to see how we. How we do it together, and I, th- I think it's safe to say now that we're both comfortable in and how we're tackling it. Um, we're both what? Comfortable in how we're tackling it? Is am I not speaking loud enough? Is that is that you don't agree? Uh, no, Why I you agree. That fa- I agree. <laughs> so what you making a face for? I'm, let me tell you guys. We had this conversation already that you are comfortable with the that we're finally we're finally at even our last with our, our last monthly check in. Yeah, our last two monthly check ins have been um, less tumultuous. Um, less stressful more, more harmonious and less anxiety 
Well, I never had any anxiety. Of course, he never had any anxiety. I never had any anxiety about it. Of course, when but you're yeah. the one cracking the whip, you don't have anxiety. Well, excuse me for trying to get us out of debt. This guy. Excuse me. This guy. Excuse me. This guy. But, um, yeah, so where where we at currently, uh, still we still have some credit card debt. Um, the credit card, the amount of credit card debt that we have is relative to what we started with. Um, it's about $50,000 in credit card debt. Yes. Uh, Fifty thousand dollars in credit card debt. Two um, credit cards? Just two credit cards. Yes. Um, we actually have other credit cards that are still open, um, with uh pretty large credit lines and we're keeping those open for real estate purposes, but um those those two credit cards are the only credit cards that we have with relatively very low interest interest rates. Um uh, for those in the military I can tell you how to get the uh the low six percent but six percent or below um, interest rates and what type of credit cards offer that but um yeah we don't do the whole having 22 percent of credit card interest rates on credit cards so right now our credit card debt is roughly around um fifty thousand dollars with monthly payments as monthly payments as low as five hundred dollars but we're adding uh twelve hundred dollars a month to to those credit card debts and so we'll talk we'll do another episode about how we uh, adjusted our budget and where we found peace in our budget um including using a new app that we really love yeah that's, um that, was that a has huge been crucial to getting to a new comfort level there's still some are we areas. at the point where we can say company names and stuff and since we don't have we don't have any ads I mean, we don't. I don't mind saying that. Like, we're 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 using Honeydew. So, if you haven't heard of Honeydew, um, we'll get into it later. Yes, in a later episode. But it, we like it so far. It's been really good. I mean, we were kind of old school. Uh, kind of. No, we were old school. We were, we old were school. using. Uh, we were handwriting. Our. I still handwrite my stuff. Don't. He's judge still. Me. Ha- I'm not don't judging judge him. But I think when there's two people, handwriting is not feasible because some of us don't write as fast as others like things calculated <laughs> or some of us tend to forget to write something down well, I've, I've always been a handwriting and spreadsheet guy so my my i keep a i keep a spreadsheet to do automatic calculations and stuff like that but yeah honeydew is has been a life changer and really changed things for us so when we talk about kind of that new budget episode we will highlight more about how we're leveraging honeydew but something else i would like to kind of share with our listeners is that we yes jay is highlighting to you that we have two credit cards that we consider basically our debt credit cards and these are credit cards that had outstanding debt that were always part of our overall debt that we started with back in back in 2020 2020 those mm-hmm. are 2020 debts mm-hmm. so 2020 debts oh no actually 20, 28 2018 2017 2017 i was trying to figure out where that was but maybe you know anyways um but we did actually probably in the span of what the less the past four or five months we have opened up three separate credit cards now this is where eventually on a podcast we will talk about leveraging how to use debt in a smart way and this really with two people we had to come to uh kind of a consensus between the two of us that okay we can open up a credit card if we're leveraging whatever benefits it's offering paying it off 
and then leaving that credit card alone. So for instance, we did some work shopping because we needed some new work clothes and we opened a credit card at uh, one of the stores because basically they were offering like 20 to 30% off that first purchase. That's the only like time we 40, used it. It was like 40%. Something, yeah, it was something ridiculous. ridiculous. So we were just like, eh, okay, why not? So we actually... Like, as soon as we got the card and could log into the account, we paid it off before they even sent us a bill. And we're not, we not, have not touched that credit card since. Um, we did that again when we purchased uh, our home gym. Our home gym, basically. And, you know, put that stuff up there. It took advantage of opening an account with the company that we purchased most of our home gym equipment with, paid that off. And now we're actually at a place where we have our first kind of credit card that now we're dabbling in the can we take advantage of points, which is something I was always a fan of. I love points uh, on credit cards. I know there's varied opinions, but I think if you do it in a smart way, then why not get the points if you're already going to spend the money and you can pay off and have basically zero balance. So Jay right now has been watching me basically log into this credit card like every day and calculating like, okay, let me pay this now. I think she's only doing now. that because she know I'm not a fan of points. Um, you think I'm only doing this? What? I'm joking. But this guy. I'm, I'm, I've never been a fan of points. I, I don't, I think it's a, I think it's a, um, a scam. trap. Not a scam. I think it's a trap. <laughs> um, it, but it is a trap. Like you get you to spend more money they, and the, the benefit is just not equated to the amount of the money that you spent. Um, but because we travel so much with work and we just travel so much as into just just because our schedule demands it um there is no point not to um use utilize some of those um airline hotel and um rental car points for the amount of money that we in the past three years the amount of money that we spent on hotels credit i mean hotels rental cars and flights yeah yeah we probably could have um had multiple multiple trips um, overseas somewhere but um we're also learning something else different though as we're trying to book a vacation is that trying to book through directly through the airlines right now the tickets seem to be ridiculously expensive expensive versus when we're going through the portal of the credit card company that we have they're like a thousand plus dollars cheaper to book through the credit card portal than it is to book directly with the airline which we don't know if this is a covid situation or what it is but yeah. for us right now like we're just gonna go with it but again this is a credit card that there's not a balance at the end of the month so we're treating it like an old school charge card and what happens is we we the same budget that we have on a monthly basis is them that's what we spend to towards the credit card so whatever Whatever we were going to use anyway to purchase on our monthly spending, we just put on a credit card and just move that money from the monthly spending to the credit card. It's not, you know, we're not, we're not, add, we're not adding anything to our, um, to our monthly sales, to our monthly spending habits. Um, and we, we're just keeping that the same, but we're just transferring where the money comes from. The, the hardest part of it is the accounting and the accountability part is, you know, just making sure money tr- transfers over from one place to another in time before um, statements come out and things like that. But um, uh, in addition to credit cards, we still have our one personal loan, which we are get, about to get rid of. That's our, um, that's the next target on our snowball, um, and that is uh, roughly thirty six thousand um, dollars. 
um, yeah, thirty six thousand dollars to be exact, um, with the monthly payment about the monthly payment went down to about four hundred dollars a month. Um, and that was with one large lump payment that we recently made. Yeah, we recently made that payment, and then that will definitely be going by next. But let's say by the end of the year. But it'll be before that. But by the end of the year, um, that'll be that'll be gone. Um, we still have our rental properties. Knock on wood. Um, still two rental properties generating generating a profit, and we just bought our first home. Congratulations, homeowner. Congratulations. Well, we've been on homes before, but congratulations. That Married homeowner. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We uh, yeah, we just bought our first home. Um, uh, that process. I'm sure we, we will have an episode in yes. reference to that process of being housing hunger games. Housing hunger games. Uh. And being black and purchasing in, in a certain uh. type, a certain type of neighborhood, um, we have had quite a quite a few experiences with that. Uh, but yeah, that's where we are currently today. Yes, so that's where we're at with our debt today. Um, wait, no, our rental properties. I just talked about our rental properties. How much do we owe in rental properties? Oh, how much do we owe? Well, we have time out, time out, time out, time out. Did you skip? I feel like you skipped over how much we owe on all of those. Oh, our okay. rental properties in our first home. Oh, I didn't. I didn't want to tell them how much the home was. Okay, well, I'll take it. I mean, I guess we could just disclose how much. What are we doing the, here? I guess we could disclose how much the home was worth. Okay, so um, <laughs> the rental properties. <laughs> you see how he just glossed over that? That's how some of our conversations go in life. Oh gosh, here we mm-hmm. go. We're gonna talk about communication. Is a different episode. We don't need to get <laughs> rental properties. How much debt do we owe? We still have two rental two properties. Two rental properties. One is well, we owe seventy thousand, and it's worth one hundred and fifty thousand. That one's cash flowing. Oh, cash flowing, and the uh, problem child. The problem child is we owe fifty eight thousand. And, and it's still worth uh, about one hundred and thirty thousand, um, but we owe fifty eight thousand on it. Um, but we have had a problem tenant um, that we're dealing with, and we need to make some renovations to that property as well. So yeah, that one is currently it is cash flowing, but we haven't received the rent in the past three months. So hopefully that that matter is resolved by the end of this month. Hopefully, yes. Um, hopefully. We'll see how that goes, but that's still a work in progress. I will and, say thank you, husband, in the sense that like, oh gosh, here we go. What he's saying, oh gosh, <laughs> go, go. like let me tell you, when it comes to our budget and the money. Oh, aspect, you thinking me now? <laughs> go, go ahead. Of our lives to a certain extent. I like going out to make money. I also like to spend the money. But as far as tracking and figuring out what's going on with it, all the like headaches and kind of in the weed stuff, I'm in it. Then I'm kind of out of it. I'm in it and kind of out of it. Jay allows me to be out of it, especially when it comes to the rental property. I think like I probably started realizing at a certain point that rent wasn't being paid on that particular property probably later. Yeah, later than it actually When I was like, wait, the payment's coming in a little bit late. But Jay never stressed. And I would say that's the one thing that I feel very blessed about is that I know when Jay starts stressing over something is is really bad. And we were always in a good place that we are blessed that we are able to afford that we have a tenant in a property where we're not receiving rent that we could still maintain and do the things that we needed to do, which I can tell you during COVID and hearing some of the nightmare stories about um, landlords who, yeah, they still have mortgages on tons of properties. And if a lot of your tenants aren't paying their rent that, you know, you're just kind of 
basically ass out, unfortunately. Yeah, COVID has really put a damper on um on a does put a strain on some home um, invest investors. Um yeah, it's just the situation. I mean, a lot of cities are 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 not kicking people out. Um they're giving a lot of uh tenants the forbearance where, you know, they don't even have to make up they don't even have to pay the rent. It's just it is just is what it is and you can't kick them out. Um, it starts slowly starting to 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 go back to normal, um, but you know, for instance, the city we invest in, um, even their even their administrators are uh, out on COVID. And it's just it's just a strain on the entire um, real estate market, um, and it's sad because this, this, the market has been white hot where everybody's everybody's purchasing houses houses can't stay in the market for more than ten days, and um, for investors. You know it sucks because a lot, a lot, of, a lot of people have gone almost a year now without collecting any rent from their tenants, and and they won't be able to make that to, to make that money back. So luckily, we invested well, um, and you know the one tenant that we have has had no issues. Any other tenant, you know, once we pass, or once we final finalize our inspections, we'll be able to get out the entire um, or the four four five months rent that we haven't been paid. We'll get that back in a lump sum. So, and we're getting that back in a lump sum because that particular tenant is 90%. 90% Section 8. Section 8. So. so the Section 8 portion for sure will get, you know, hopefully. But I think even that 10% from the tenant, if she doesn't come up with that, I think that's one of those areas we're happy to cut our losses to yeah, get absolutely. somebody else in that property. And that, like, that's just a cost of business because there's people out there that will lose you know, a, a year's more. worth without any way of recouping that money. Absolutely. So in that sense, we're really lucky. We're really blessed. Um, so first home, I know Jay's hesitant to drop this number, but I mean, it is. It is what it is. I mean, yeah, go, ahead, go ahead. I mean, you have it on a spreadsheet. Oh. I, don't <laughs> on a spra- I don't obsess <laughs> over these numbers. It first is home, we, it we, is. we paid uh, 600, 680000 for it. Um, it's worth around seven right now, seven twenty. Yes. So you know we got it with a little bit of equity in this in this. Um, how would you how do you call it? Hunger Games. What do you yes. call Hunger Housing Games? Housing Hunger, Games, Hunger Games, Games. Market. Um, we 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 uh we came off well with that. So um, that's how much that's worth, and that's how much we're in debt with that. But again, we have equity. It it came with instant equity. So we're about fifty thousand dollars up on that property. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's where that's our current snapshot in our current debt picture. So overall, what's that total debt picture? Overall, the total without debt without the house. Now let's clarify without this. our for first house. For without our first house, and I say without our first house because we've decided paying off our house that we're in is not a goal of ours. This is purely an investment, long term. We hope to sell this property in either, I guess, upgrade if we stay in this area. Which, I mean, in my mind, I don't think we will but after having dinner with some uh friends we were i think we kind of took a step back at least for me to say could this be us in you know 10 15 20 years when we are at a place where we're retiring and we realize we actually want to stay here because our kids are here and they're building lives here who knows maybe but ultimately at the end of the day we realize like this is not a forever home so therefore we don't want to pay it off um, so our credit cards and the personal loan and our two rental properties, where are we at with debt? Jay's right. doing some quick calculations. 
I've now nicknamed Jay the accountant. We are, well, I, I did it right in my head. I just wanted to confirm, but it's uh, about <laughs> 215,000. 215,000. 215,000, yeah. So that number is also one that, like, for me, I'm not intimidated by. I think probably when we started this debt-free journey, I would be freaking out. But I, I mean, said, we started when we I, I go back to our first podcast. We started at five hundred thousand. Yes, so. half a million dollars worth of debt. So for us, this is a manageable amount of debt that we know we can tackle. But we have to do this in a smart way that will not destroy our relationship. And so in order to do that. Uh, we now can really talk about what our plan is for tackling this debt. So on average, um, after first, let me say, oh. from, go from 500,000 to 215,000. We've been working people. I mean, this is not a small, this is not a, a small task. I mean, just do the math itself from $500,000. And we started doing this, what, a year and a half ago. Oh uh, yeah. A year and a half ago from 500,000 to 215,000. It is not a tall order. In the meantime, we've, Dealt with COVID, bought a house, um, started a new career. Oh, it's, it's, been, it's been it's it's been been a, a little bit of a roller coaster. In the meantime, still plugging away. So, you know, it can be done. It can be done. Um, it takes a, a lot of discipline um, if you're doing it yourself. Um, a lot of discipline if you're doing it with a partner. Um, just a lot of communication um, and compromise at times. So, yeah, so it's it, it can be done. And then, we, we are, like I said, we're plugging away. We're plugging away. We're probably, we're probably not at where where I would like us to be. We're not. But I'm never going to be satisfied. That's just my personality, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, we are we are definitely working. Yes. So our plan um, at this point. So on average, we bring home after taxes uh, about, about $15,000 after taxes. So we're looking at um, basically both of our take-home pays, but as well as uh, Jimmy's uh, disability benefits factor into that. He's shaking his head <laughs> because I think what's really important is the candor in this conversation because having disability also afforded us the ability for Jay to decide to be able to really contemplate kind of this job adjustment that we'll be able to talk about more in another episode, which he took a significant pay cut, but Jay huge pay cut. God, huge. How Donald I'm Trump never... say bigly. You. I hate you so much. You, you are such a butt. Huge. Are you serious? <laughs> Go ahead. You were saying. Word. I'm just saying this guy, <laughs> but, Jay still makes more money than I do when you factor doesn't in. doesn't matter. He says this doesn't matter, but at the root of things, I actually feel like some of this does matter to him. No, I mean, the pay cut matters. The who makes more doesn't matter. I mean, what? it's close enough. It's, it's close. Okay, this is for another podcast episode because I think we both have feels about that whole situation. Well, to clear it up, I'm always going to think I'm always going to make more, more money than because I'm just going to always try to. But I, I don't think that matters. It really doesn't. But why do you feel the need to always try to? Because I'm always, because I, I feel like. Because you feel like what? Yeah, we, this is another. This, this is, is another podcast episode. Because you know what? Anyways. And so $15,000. You good over Go ahead, there? $15,000. You were you saying after tax. You all right? <laughs> I'm all right. Take a deep breath. <sighs> Go ahead. 
$15,000 um, after taxes is what we bring home monthly. And so with that, um, and after we pay our bills on our new adjusted budget, and I say new adjusted budget because I'm really excited that we started to factor in some really important things that were, um, I think, important to us that we started to realize that yeah. we really want to focus on. Like, for instance, um, now we pay ourselves in terms of investing. Mm-hmm on a monthly basis instead of there kind of being like this ad hoc like oh we have this extra money how much do we throw now we're prioritizing we're at a place where every month we're going to put aside a certain amount of money which we'll go into details about when we do the budget podcast with that updated budget uh so after our bills how much do we have to pay towards debt on average do we think oh to uh, estimated five thousand dollars so five thousand dollars and so how we're reprioritizing our budget is so you guys know that we did talk about that we initially when we started our debt-free journey we did go through the ramsey plan so the whole you know paying off debt you know smallest to largest smallest to largest gazelle intensity all of that good stuff and then i think along the way and when i say that our our debt-free journey has evolved We've realized for us that like that worked in that moment, in that time. But as we're growing to want to do the things that we want to do, that's not going to fit uh, how we want to grow uh, our finances. And I think part of that, too, is we're in a position to be able to uh, really take a step back to say, look, OK, we learned some valuable lessons during that debt-free plan. I think part of that was just learning discipline. You know, yes, not going back into credit card debt. How do we not wanna be back into that place where we're uncomfortable? So I think for us, along the way in this debt-free journey, we had to evolve where our comfort level was with the debt. Um, So we reprioritized our budget. So this round, what we looked at is that personal loan, for instance, that personal loan is about five hundred dollars. Yeah, about five hundred fifty dollars a month. A month. Oh, uh, was yeah. For um, the monthly payment, and so we started trying to figure out, you know, the credit cards. Basically, the minimum monthly payment on those two credit cards compared to the minimum monthly payment for that personal loan. They were less. And so instead of trying to pay off the smallest debts for the two credit cards, which are around, you know, if you split them in half, about 25000 each, we figured, look, let's just tackle this, uh, this loan that we have, this personal loan that we have. So this way, every month, once that loan is paid off, now we'll have an extra 550 almost $600 a month to pay towards other debts and put in other areas that we're looking to either save or prioritize. So for us right now in our budget, the first debt that we are tackling is... Is our personal loan. Our personal loan. And so... And it started back in January, right? So um, at the beginning of the year. So beginning of the year, we dropped uh, an additional, a large lump sum payment on 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 a personal loan. And bringing it down to $36,000. Based on the amount that we have coming in uh, every month, uh, we'll be able to, that will be gone by 
let's say by July, by July or August, and then we'll end up to, and then we, then we'll reevaluate. I don't want to say that we'll take a look and start going smallest to largest. We'll reevaluate exactly what's next because we've we've definitely tossed around the idea about of paying off one of the houses, yes, um, making that come next, and then all of a sudden that that income that income coming in is is straight cash and, and we're not dealing with any mortgage with that property and then that increases the amount that we're bringing in a, a month um so that that's you know uh, we, we instead of just saying you know we're definitely going to deal with the next debt you know we just come back and talk about it and and decide how to best tackle it based on our situation Yes. And so essentially, uh, towards the end of the year, one of the things like, at least for me, I think I'm the longer term planner. I think Jay has a great vision of where he wants us to be. Yes. Debt free. But for me, visually seeing like what happens all along the steps of the way, that's something I think that helps keep me focused. So for instance, one of the things that I looked at was projecting basically over the next five years how we can pay off all of our goals and so for this year that debt right now is about 3,500 or 35,000 that we owe left on this personal loan then in 10 months if we put a minimum of $3,500 a month towards that out of the 5,000 that we have excess we can actually pay that off in 10 months and for us I think that's something that's manageable that doesn't account for for instance you know i got a little bit of a fire underneath me now with like trying to work some overtime um and then figuring out how we're taking that money so this way we can get out of debt kind of a little bit faster than we'd like um and then ultimately looking at you know what happens can we also at the same time potentially start saving towards either another property or as Jay was saying, um, taking money to start paying off one of the houses. So that's really our plan. And I think we're starting to realize for us, it's not a one size fits all solution that we do need to at every step of the way, it's constantly a conversation. Um, The biggest thing is following through. Like our goal right now is that personal loan after that's paid off, it's perfectly fine and okay to say, hey, let's see where we're at. We'll have a, a lot more insight at that point too mm-hmm. uh, once that loan is paid off. So for instance, some of the things that we're looking at is we're looking hopefully to get back overseas, which we've talked about if you've listened to previous podcasts. The benefits for us going overseas is things like we're not gonna have to pay for housing, childcare could be cheaper where we're going. Um, all these things that, you know, can add to our bank accounts that if we know we have um, an assignment overseas, we'll be able to say, okay, now we can kind of project a little bit better in terms of, okay, next year we're not going to be having to um, pay rent or not pay rent, pay our mortgage because we'll be hopefully renting out the property um, and then factor all of that in on how we're going to tackle our debt and our goals moving forward. So I think we're taking a debt and goals approach versus putting our goals aside and only focusing on debt. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so where do we ultimately start on this journey for those people who are wondering, like in 2017, how much debt did you have at the start of 2017, Jay? Oh, man. When um, Jay kicked off the Madman plan. I had about... Oh, Three hundred, almost four hundred thousand dollars in debt. 
four hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, mm-hmm. and then and a lot of that was real estate, though. Yeah. A lot of that was real estate debt. I mean, that's, that wasn't. I wasn't going crazy buying, you know, using credit cards and running up credit cards, nothing crazy. But uh, I, but I, then personal loans that I did have at the time, they were associated to real estate as well. Um, so actually, everything, every debt I had was associated to real estate. From from being honest, um, between personal loans, any credit cards, the only thing that wasn't was like, um, student loans. But I, I, I had got rid of that stuff, um, prior to 2017. But if you can't count everything, um, yeah, it was almost about four hundred thousand dollars in debt. Four hundred thousand dollars. So without counting the rental property I had, which I think was I think I owed about like sixty sixty thousand, yeah. Sixty thousand on it. Um or if you no, want to count 50, 000, it. Actually, yeah. It is I had less than two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. So a hundred and about thirty six, almost a hundred forty thousand of that was basically credit cards student loan debts and a personal loan from my parents which was for a property um renovation for a property now 80 about eighty thousand dollars worth of that mm -hmm, was for a degree Mm. so student loan how do you feel about that now that you heard that read that navian article i know we're going off the you want to be salty no you want to highlight that navian they're not paying. They're not. They don't pay the cars, are they? Huh? They're not. They're not. Are they? Are they getting rid of the loans now? They're getting rid of some people's. Oh, loans. some people. Okay. I mean, it, like for each person, it's like it depends. But you had to be in forbearance, which is something oh, I was okay. never. Gotcha. And you know, my mom and dad would not have. I'm sorry to, to bring up bad news. Sorry, but well, look at the end of the day. Look, right? You got to kind of look at it one or two ways. Like I could have totally bombed it, and you know. I mean, we recently had a conversation over the holidays about people wanting to pay their debts or just kind of... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Letting it be and live that way. I could not let it be and live that way. And I think ultimately, for me, it comes down to, like, it would impact my job because not paying your debt is not a good thing if you work. Absolutely. Uh, And the government overall as a federal employee, like, you got to pay your debts. Like, you're making money. So even... If you're not paying your the total amount they wanted you to pay, you should at least be paying something. Um, so ultimately, at the end of the day, like I hope for us when it comes to student loans, they stop with us. That like our kids will never have to have a student loan. Their kids will never have to have a student loan. Like that is a generational curse that will not exist. Absolutely. And our family and our legacy is moving forward because I cannot tell you the leg up that it gives people and it gives uh, young adults starting out to come out of school with no debt to be able to a have the freedom to take whatever job you want without really thinking about the financial aspect other than you have to be able to pay rent. And there's not already this looming bill that you know is coming that you're dreading. Um, but also just the ability to, when I hear coworkers like talk about like, oh yes, I'm maxing out their 401k. And I'm like, yep, nope. That's not been something not option, that like yeah. I've ever even entertained because of the amount of debt that we've had to deal with. Um, I mean, we. Th- I think back to the conversation we had. Um, was it New Year? Right before New Year's, right? Right before New Year's. 
and it's so it is so draining and daunting for someone that has um student loans um is not making it's making a decent salary but the salary becomes it's not decent anymore based on the amount of bills that you have plus you got to pay rent um and then you know you just you just feel defeated you know the person we were having a conversation we just honestly felt defeated and it was like you know what it is what it is it's not gonna get paid and there's nothing i could do about it and and as the adult sitting at the table you're like and this is a young adult but as the adult sitting at the table that have been through it you know trying to push um getting out of debt or you know starting to put a dent in the debt um it's easy to say on this end when your salary is almost three times as much this person's and and you know you have the means to do it but yeah it, it's it's you definitely put your children in a um you have the option you have the choice of putting your children in a in a much better situation um, if they don't have any student debt let's just say that yeah and the crazy part too is when we even thinking about that conversation the amount of debt that the individual has sound like sounds very minimal yeah in terms it, it, of like compared to the amount of debt that i hear other people like swimming in that but even what seems minimal to one person when you're living in those shoes and you have that unexpected debt that not unexpected but that debt even you know a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars i mean i was coming out of school looking at a g for a minimum monthly payment um that when someone says that they have like a hundred dollars or two hundred dollar payment i'm like trade me yeah (laughs) give me that (laughs) i will take that i would have taken that you know at any point in time but realizing yeah when you're starting out in your career and like you're already kind of paycheck to paycheck based upon um where you're at it's it's daunting it's surreal and i think like jay was saying you ultimately like you said you hear kind of people sounding defeated by the fact that these student loans exist um so it'll be interesting to see what shakes up and pans out at the capitol or whatever you want to call yeah, it yeah i mean hopefully honestly hopefully they do something about it man because it, it's a um and, it, and it's unfortunately it seems like a lot of um african-american kids that are or minority kids are the ones that's dealing with it um because you know I, we've been taught for however long that you know they, you need to go to school get education um but nobody's really teaching you how to pay for it um other than student loans or you know grants are going away and it's like it's all it's a lot of it's a lot of schemes within the within the educational system that you know we just don't get to take advantage of because a lot of us just don't know but um yeah i mean like i said that that thankfully we don't have to deal with that student that that student loan debt um option and hopefully lord willing our kids don't have to deal with that either yeah hey don't pick no private schools that's not happening (laughs) tell you that right now that's not that's not happening there's no need you can get I'll the, the, first you get the same education man this edu- you know, we, we can talk about the education system at the time but so we did start off with that um large amount of debt when we started the debt-free journey um and this was something that you know when jay and i reconnected he was on this journey or starting off and really interested in it Um, In terms of listening to uh, Dave Ramsey and his methodology. And it was one of those things we kind of probably laugh about it now. Um, The whole like, hey, I'm getting on this train to debt free. 
either you're going to do this or we're not going to be together. Because once I go on this train, like, I can't be with someone who doesn't believe in this debt-free journey. So, you know, for me, I was like, okay, let's get on board and figure this out. Um, And I think ultimately for us, it really kicked off kind of this new mindset shift of how we view debt. So I do feel like I have a much healthier uh, mindset about debt. So I'm not as willing to go into debt for things so for instance like i don't think i could see myself taking a loan out on a car Mm. anymore um i'd rather save to get a car than to have like a monthly payment on a car um but i think it's also kind of the times we're in where now you can see your money stacking up quicker to save for those things so it doesn't feel like oh my gosh, we need to spend X amount of money on a car. It's going to take us like years to do it. We could probably do it in, you know, a year or a few months, depending on how much we wanted to spend on a car. So it's kind of those things that helps put life into perspective. Um, But in terms of how our debt-free journey has evolved, let's each take a turn to talk about Things we wish we would have considered at the start of this journey. What's the one thing you wish you would have considered? I mean, I talk about this all the time. I probably would not have sold my one property. I would not have sold is the building. I had a um, cash flow building. Um, I would not have sold that property. Um, But I will say if I didn't sell it based on the numbers, I probably would have been drowning for a long, a nice period of time. Um, Because before I was, you know, that that property was was cash flow $1,500 a month. Um, but you know, that, that monthly payment based on the situation that, that I'm, that I'm in now, yeah, it would have been an additional, a nice additional, uh, amount that added onto our monthly payment. So it, hindsight is 2020. Um, but I think just the investment wise, it was something that I purchased for a 220 ended up setting up for almost $300,000. Um, but you know, now looking into real estate, it's so hard to get a multifamily in the area that. <laughs> Um, and the values has gone up that, you know, I, I wish I didn't, I wish I didn't sell that property, but yeah, that's, I think that's my, that's my main regret was what I, what I probably should have considered doing. Um, once, once I started this, I was just so gun ho on, you know, just start over, start fresh. Um, that I definitely just wanted to, it's kind of had some uh, blinders up. I had blinders up. Um, but I think that's, I think. I don't regret purchasing. I, I don't regret doing it that way, the way I did it, don't, honestly. I don't regret doing it the way I did it. Could I have been um, a little more tactical about it? Possibly. Um, but I honestly don't. I think that fresh start was necessary. Because the way I was going is, you play Monopoly with me now. I would have <laughs> been mortgaging and mortgaging and mortgaging um, to purchase more, to purchase more, to purchase more. I could have I, I could have easily kept going that way, and, and I still find myself doing that, um, trying to find a way to finagle. Be like, shit, we just did it. We almost talked about it just just a couple of weeks ago. Like we did, we have conversations. We still like, and so if you haven't tuned in, one of the things that we really are into is one of the ways that we see ourselves building our wealth and our financial uh, legacy and generational wealth is through real estate. That's something that we both enjoy. I love the flipping process, the renovation process. I love the excitement of finding a new property, all that good stuff, including houses with no backs. I mean, oh gosh, they're no, all no. great. Don't start. Um, <laughs> but 
I think for us, that's one of the things that every now and then we get an itch. And so the yeah. start of the new year is always a time for itch that, yes, I've been looking on Redfin at multifamilies, trying to figure out what cities have them at the lowest price points where we could find a duplex, although I would really like a quadplex. Um, and kind of going from there because we do realize like, hey, if we're going to have to spend X amount of dollars, like $150,000, $160,000 on a house in the market that we're currently in, if we could buy a duplex somewhere that gets us two doors, you know, and a little bit more money, maybe that's the better investment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would agree. I think um, one of the things I wish kind of I had probably voiced a little bit more is taking time to focus on the long term. Um, and I think this goes hand in hand in what Jay is talking about in terms of selling that um, multi-unit is that I think when I look at the amount of debt that I paid off in that two-year span where we are separated um, and really in the long-distance relationship, I could have paid off the one rental property I had. Um, and I think we kind of recently started kind of talking about like, oh, gosh, should we have paid off like properties? And I think now it's kind of dawning on me that like, hey, $50,000 to have paid off the property that I had, it would, yes, I would have still had $50,000 worth of student loan debt, but I would have had a cash flowing property that I own clean and clear and free. Um, that would that have really potentially been a benefit to us now hindsight's twenty twenty. again you don't know for all we know we could have paid off that property and had a tenant in there that's not paying rent and then you know you're in a situation where yes we're lucky that we have a, a property that we don't owe anything on but it's not cash flowing because hey people got hit with hard times during covid but I think it's one of those things that's like kind of just a thought of was there a way to have um, better balanced paying off homes, things that would have made us money um, while kind of crushing the debt. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, one thing that I think I'm realizing that I really probably regret and taking a step back of like speaking up more to ensure that I was heard. Um, in terms of kind of the focus of how we're paying off debt. And I'm realizing I feel like, to a certain extent, sometimes I feel like I'm paying for it now um, with some of our kind of disagreements in the way we're handling finances. Um, and sometimes I feel like the illusion of how we both spend money or view money. Um, I think I was way too easygoing in terms of just not really highlighting like, nope, this is like, this is the red line for me. Um, because I really wanted to show Jay that like, hey, I'm in this, like, I will do whatever is needed, instead of taking a step back to be like, yo, when I get back to the States, I'm gonna want to get my hair done and my nails done and all these things done. And that's not something that's negotiable, because that's part of my self care. And that impacts how I feel about myself and things like that. Um, whereas where I was at overseas, getting my hair and nails done, it was not something that was a priority because the quality was not the same. Mm. Um, 
And so I think that was probably like sticker shock for Jay when I came back and was like, it costs X, X, X and X for upkeep. And these are the things that I like to do. Sticker shock. But I think there's part of it, too, where like I think what I realized is I would have appreciated like more of an uh, understanding conversation that I just realized like I'm I'm probably not ever going to get with Jay. There's not going to be a conversation where it's Jay like, yo, babe, you know, if that's what you feel like you need, go for it. It's always going to be like a painful conversation to a certain extent where he begrudgingly is like, fine, okay. Like, he's not going to tell me no, but he's not going to kind of embrace the fact that, like, as a female, it costs more money I don't understand us. why I need to embrace it. If you just said I'm never going to tell you no, why do I need to embrace it? Because who wants to have a conversation with you about you're about to drop some money to get your hair and nails done, and instead of you just being like, all right, cool. See, that can you we got. give an example of drop some money? See, do we need to give the birthday example? Do we, do we need to? <laughs> do, do we need to? Because you, you don't want to make it seem like it's just, oh, let's just drop a hundred out. Go ahead. Give the example. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Give the example. Yeah, as, as she laughs. Go ahead. Laughs, go, as I laugh. I laugh. I'm not going to put your business out there. I'm just you saying. You can put my business out there. I definitely a, got a custom wig. I wanted to try a wig. I got a custom see, wig. See, this is what I'm talking about. I wanted to try. This is it's not it's not a thing where it's like, okay, I have a set amount every month or whatever. Because I don't, I don't decide that's the pro- every month. That's, that's, that's the problem. That's not the problem. That's the way I've lived my life is that like when I felt like, yo, I want to go get my hair done. I can afford to Listen, drop. I used to do a lot of things when I was single too. When you this guy so, so, with your bald head, not, what not, did you used to do? <laughs> you, what anyway. was the upkeep you used to do? But I, what I'm saying though is like what he's saying is, you know, yes, for the birthday I probably spent what like five six hundred dollars no, more. How much was it? Go ahead, keep going. Why don't you say what it 800. was? Oh, it was eight hundred dollars, mm. right? That's eight hundred dollars for the wig, the install. All of that good stuff. But again, he was like, what? Are you crazy? But. But what's the but? <laughs> what is it? For me, it's like, yo, that's $800. I would spend that maybe a couple times a year to get a sewed in weave or something like that. When you include the cost of the hair and everything else that like, yes, it sounds ridiculous to him. But Not guess what? Me. When you met me, I'm when sure, I had I'm sure a some people listening to the podcast, they just heard weave. that $800 number and it's like, that's ridiculous. That's that's great. Other people. <laughs> but for me, in my world, I'm not dropping $800 every month and I don't want to drop $800 every month. But if once or twice a year, I want to drop five to $800 to do something really nice for myself for self-care. Yes, okay. that's what I would do. And that's the things that I like. Um, And so I think for me, it's kind of having those conversations earlier. And it doesn't even boil down to that. I mean, let's take it back and break it down just a little bit further of when we talked about buying things like hair products. We viewed those in two very different categories. Absolutely. Jay views as if that should come out of my uh when we used to have an allowance that should have been stuff that i spent for my allowance Mm -hmm. that like if i had to buy hair products oh by the way black hair care you know as blessed as we are now that there's so many uh brands out there for black hair care it's expensive it's not cheap 
I view that as self-care. That's like buying lotion for your body. <laughs> and he's laughing. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Okay, so let's take this back. Let's just even move this to a, a separate like category and view it. See if you view this any differently. If we are blessed to have a daughter, mm-hmm. hey, here's your soap. Here's your deodorant. Now your hair products to do your hair so you don't go to school looking crazy. That you have to take out of the allowance, the $40 we're paying you a month to pay for your hair products. That first, there'll be a child. So that no, 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 no. Because yeah, 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 your scenario oh, so is not even. No, not Jay, even, th- that's something in order for her to. Okay. But see, you, he can make amends for that as a child. That's all of the stuff that is needed to get out of the door that you're doing in the bathroom to pull yourself together in the morning. Okay. Okay. But for me, hey, you have X amount of dollars for an allowance, pay for your hair products out of that. That's not something that we're going to put into the, you know, our household budget because, you know, so for me, yes, it became super overwhelming. And you'll hear when we talk about our budget, overwhelming to figure out, like, where could I calculate and spend money? Because we definitely had different views on how certain things should have been paid for and allocated. And honestly, I think for me, it's even things like that where I feel like there was a total disconnect where, you know, personally for me, I felt like, you know, I was with someone who was just like, yo, if if you don't have to buy hair care products, then you you basically figure it out how to do things that you need to do on a daily basis um, kind of on your own. So what's something else that you wish you would have considered? Um, yeah, there's really nothing else as far as I would have considered, honestly. I think my biggest um, consideration was that, pro- was that rental property. Uh, well... I think ultimately looking back at things, I think there are many ways to, as people say, skin a cat. Mm -hmm. So if you're on a debt-free journey, we would first and foremost encourage you to listen and educate yourself just to take in information and not to necessarily feel like there is a specific model for you to follow that is under one particular group or person or methodology that you should adapt the models that work best with you. I agree with that. Definitely go with what works for you in your situation and your situation at the time. So one methodology may be appealing, but may not be realistic for you to follow. Um, Also, we're in a day and an age where, you know, people are constantly comparing themselves and their journeys to other people Give yourself the grace to, A, embrace where you're at personally and tackle your debt if that's really your goal and tackle your goals um, the way in which, you know, works best for you. Our journey is not going to be the journey for everyone else. And we do this podcast because, A, we want to share information. We really are huge believers that the wealth of information that someone can have there is a nugget in this podcast that will resonate with you, whether it is 
are bickering back and forth about finances and you know where we see things in a budget or you know things we wish we'd have known are you you know contemplating selling your multi at this point and you're hearing jay say that's one of the things he regrets and now you're rethinking that like that's the purpose of this podcast we're not doing it because we're saying hey follow this method and this model and everything will be great guess what it won't be great because even with the model that we're doing now everything's not always great like we're still learning this process along the way and in order for you to find your happiness you first and foremost when it comes to your debt and your financial journey have to figure out what's comfortable for you absolutely but whatever it is you do decide to just make sure you stick to it yep um stick to it and and be aggressive with it be as aggressive as possible and whenever you need adjusting um don't beat yourself up about it and just adjust it just accordingly so yep so with that we'd like to thank you for joining us today on the blended creole podcast i'm liz i'm jay and we hope you tune in next time that's it for this week's episode Please be sure to